Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby, and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. And Andy was with us, of course. Uh, we had a bit of a chat about uh, various things. The former Premier League referee Mark Halsey... Uh, was not happy with some of the calls uh, over the weekend. Some he was, some he wasn't. But certainly the process with VAR, he was uh, reigning against. You'll hear from him. Uh, we had a special Don't Ask Me with uh, Max Rushton against uh, Andy, where they both reflected on the shows they did last week. Um, and on a more serious note, we spoke to uh, Nobby Styles' son, John, a former player himself. Uh, the Styles family decided to donate Nobby's brain uh, to uh, medical research and uh, they had the results back and they were troubling as John explained Good afternoon everyone, good afternoon Andy and we find you um, yes. uh, back at home uh, hopefully <laughs> oh, no, just for today you've, yeah, you've come into contact <laughs> with, of... potentially yeah. with someone and so you've taken your awaiting the results of a test today, that's right isn't it? Yeah I feel absolutely fine, but yeah. you know how it works. So uh, I think this may well be my third one of these. So that's the way it goes. What can you do? Yeah, um, yeah so I'm fine, but it, uh, you'll have to bear with us because we'll probably crash each other like we normally do when I'm at home. But I'll do my best. <laughs> we've, got, we've got a house party on. We can see each other, so that's fine. Um, yeah, some interesting football on the weekend. Some, some surprising results. None more than at Palace where, you know, I thought it would be quite a tight game. Liverpool haven't been playing well at, away from home. And Palace... You know, pretty defensively decent, but Roy at the end he went. Well, you know, there's no point trying to disguise the fact that they've scored seven goals. I thought I'd like to see you try. <laughs> we can say, well, the warm up was all right. We looked quite good there. Yeah. It's odd, wasn't it? Really. Um, part of me always wants Arsenal to lose, but I actually wanted them to equalise because Everton are going well this year. But I just don't get. We'll probably talk about this with Motti. I don't get all this thing that oh, Arsenal are dominating games. You know, they're they're, they're not creating anything. They're not. Cre- they don't look like score. Boring no. to me. So, you know, I think they have got some big problems there, no question. Uh, Leeds? Well, I mean, well, quantify a... big problems because I don't, you know, much as, as a Tottenham fan, I think it was hilarious. It's, you know, they are... Um, OK, let me just say, what's the time? Six minutes past one. Arsenal are too good to go down. When that oh, starts yeah. to click, they're absolutely fine. So, what, you know, when you... What, what does in trouble mean? I mean... It means they're not going to mount a challenge for, certainly for the title. They, they are going to have to go on a fantastic run to get into the top four, which is what, you know, they look like they could threaten at the start of the season. And it's all down to Bamiang. If he, you know, unfortunately, he was injured on, before the game on Saturday, but if having scored, if he'd gone on a streak, that will help yeah. Arsenal. That will cover up a lot of stuff. But at the moment, yeah, they're not going to go down, but they're also finding it quite hard to win games. They are playing the run-enders on Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yes, they're your boys, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you've not won for a few weeks, no better team to meet than Chelsea, I always find. Um, Leeds, again, I, I loved that game. It was great watching them, but they don't appear to have a defence. I know Bielsa's supposed to be a great coach. You always say, great mm. coach, Bielsa. What a coach. Everybody worships him. But he hasn't actually won a lot of stuff. And, you know... It's all very well, but you're conceding six two goals in the first two minutes. Yeah, but it does put the game plan out the window. I, mean, I love watching them. It could have been six each, but it wasn't. The way they play, of course, was set up for Manchester United. With the way we saw them play against Leipzig, I mean, it was a dream. I'm mm. sure that Oli thought, well, look, he'll tweak it a bit. He knows what we're like. He knows where mm. we're good in the transition with all the pace that we have. Oh no! <laughs> Just come on then. <laughs> Wheels, it was like basketball, wasn't it? But I mean, it, it was, was brilliantly entertaining. I mean, we can't argue yeah. with that. And again, yeah. in that situation where you think there's worse teams than Leeds, there will be games when they will score more teams than the opposition, and they will, oh, yeah. they will definitely. I think. Well, I, I feel they're not going to get sucked into it. There's worse teams than them. They'll be fine. But but you're going to get games like that. You're going to get real roller coaster games. Some they'll win, mm. and some they won't. I mean, I did see, I uh, did hear one uh, Leeds fan call. It was on breakfast this morning, and he basically called for Bielsa to leave. Who did he call to come in? I can't even remember now. Somebody more pragmatic altogether. Oh, Rafa, Rafa Benitez. You know, they think, oh God, don't go from that wonderful football to watch the Rafa's terrible but effective uh, methods. I, mm. I think we'll be hope, neutrals will hope that uh, Bielsa stays there. And uh, I didn't really see much of sport. I didn't see any of Sports Personality of the Year last right, year, okay. uh, last night. Well, you rather. normally watch, don't you? You normally watch. I every do. Year. I don't know. I forgot it was on. But oh, actually, I was surprised. That, well, don't worry. Tyson Fury, I got a lot on my mind. Tyson Fury uh, didn't win, which really surprised me because I thought it was going to be a Boaty McBoat face. I thought the public would deliberately. They'd get him, so he'd have, have to rock up or they'd have to try and get some video. Yeah. But probably best that, uh, you know, that Lewis won it and he probably deserved mm. to, I think. Definitely. I've got TV um, formats, yeah. and if we want to chuck that oh, out good. there today. Yeah, well, go, go for it. It's, it's, in one aspect, it's slightly higher risk. Do you know what the name of the um, UK athletics former head of endurance is? <laughs> oh, come be, on, top what, of your head. What, what a brilliant knowledge of sport, if yeah. I knew that off the top You'd of my head. You'd have to really uh, be into your sports administration, mm, wouldn't you? It's not Neil's somebody, it's not him. No, no, no. no. I, why would we want TV formats for Neil somebody? This is this is our old mate, oh, no, I don't know him from Adam, uh, Barry Fudge. F-U-D-G-E, <laughs> Barry Fudge. Oh, now, um, there is no way he's making any programmes with people who set up uh, Rebel Australian cricket tournaments. <laughs> so bear that in mind um, when you send those in. But otherwise, yeah. you, can, you can say what you like. So um, um, off the top of my head, TV, yeah, uh, I've got one. The... I've got a cricket-based okay. show, Andy, for you. A finger oh, yeah. of fudge, yeah. uh, which was yeah. uh, the, the great outs, uh, umpires' stories of getting. You know, basically, that's that's what I was thinking. So that I was, was going down. I was going down a similar line. That's. Fine. I'm going. You go. That's you weren't good. taking another route. Yeah, <laughs> no, I definitely good. wasn't. I'll give that a bit of thought in the break. That okay, well, the good, listeners though. can join in. So, uh, if Barry is now looking to, for a, a career in TV, TV formats for Barry Fudge, uh, talksport.com forward slash HNJ or text to 81089. <laughs> it's fraught with problems, this, I know, but look, we, we've really got the control, Andy. We've got the control. 
That's true. Uh, yes, I'll give it a bit of I'll give it a bit of thought. I'm also can't wait to speak to. Uh, I love speaking to Andy Bressel, but I can't wait to speak to him about Marcus Turam, who's fa- set to face a lengthy ban after shockingly spitting in the face of an opponent. We all know that's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Turam wrote on Instagram, "Something took place that is not in my character. It must never happen. I reacted to an opponent in a wrong way, and something occurred accidentally. Nice. I don't think it was accidentally, was it? Really? Let's be honest. If- You're going to apologise." mate apologize properly it was a player though called um stefan posh so the posh and you could spit in as you said his name couldn't yeah. you you could in yeah, a he, spit. that would be an accident had it been peter piper or someone like that we might have let him off but we should get yeah. bob carroll g's on if there's ever an incident like this we know bob's phone is red hot so yeah, oh, absolutely uh, we'll yeah. good idea him down. yeah so that's all coming up tv formats for barry fudge within reason. Um, also, Jamie Jackson's going to kick us off. Going to talk a bit of Manchester football. Two years in for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as he took over as a caretaker manager. That was a thumping victory at the weekend. And even Roy Keane is suddenly a man who's given them pelters, this particular squad. Uh, he's saying, well, who knows? You know, they're in the mix. They are now uh, up yeah. there fighting for the title. We didn't say they're going to win it. He couldn't bring himself no. to do that. But he but said look, they can know. push Liverpool. I expect Liverpool to pull away now. I mean, you know, what a team they are. They're with all, you know, they haven't got yeah. all their injuries, but they've got key injuries. And somehow they haven't played particularly well, except recently. And then Saturday they were brilliant. And you have to think they were good against Spurs. You have to think yeah. they're going to pull away and do it. But we'll see. They talk about Jose as a great psychologist, but I mean, I, I, clearly somebody in that Tottenham dressing room should have, uh, shouldn't have told or just stop reminding Serge Aurier that it's nearly <laughs> Christmas because yeah. he's so excited. <laughs> you could tell no. he's, he's been playing well and I actually thought he was playing quite well the other day during that game. I thought he was having a decent match. Mm. But then he does, as, as Jose said in All or Nothing, what he is capable of doing. I just think he's getting all excited about Christmas. Was, Do you know what? It's like the kids on the last, the last week day. of school before, you know, the kids on the day before yeah, they bring yeah. in games. <laughs> he's like that. It's always oh, Christmas. He's seen a tree on the way in. Oh, I can't wait. It's Christmas. I wonder what I'm going to get it, this year. It was a mad challenge, wasn't it? It was bonkers. Such yeah. a mad challenge. It didn't need to do it. It wasn't going anywhere. It almost wasn't worth the penalty. It was, it was so cheap. Well, I don't think the but Leicester fans would be. It's all about the first oh, goal no. of that game. I did feel that yeah, going yeah, in at half-time, nil-nil, with Tottenham's firepower, they might have, although Leicester were playing better. Um, I, mm. I did say to uh, Jeff, I congratulate Jeff Peters on the victory. And he said, thanks very much, Paul. He said, but, but according to Andy's birthday spread scoring system, you actually won that game 7-4. <laughs> yes. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. When uh, the Times' Matt Dickinson spoke to the uh, head of uh, referees, uh, IFAB, uh, David Ellery, about the possibility of miking up officials, referees and VAR officials to understand what's going on, he said, in terms of credibility of decisions, it can undermine it. Uh, you are uh, the VAR, I'm the referee. You say, David, you need to look at that because that's a penalty. I say, to me, it isn't. You say, are you sure? And the coach afterwards says, Ellery's so arrogant, he wouldn't change his mind. He also cited bad language on the pitch as one of the other reasons why you shouldn't do it. But there was at least one decision this weekend when a former Premier League referee, Mark Housie, felt that would have really helped. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon, guys. How are we? Good, thank you. What do you make of David Ellery's reasoning that when he was chatting to Matt the other week? What about this idea that it, it undermines a decision-making process when there's a difference of opinion? No, no, listen, if there's a difference of opinion, then it's not a clear and obvious error. Then, then the VAR should not come in. 
Now, in all other sports, we, you know, we listen to cricket, we're in rugby league, rugby union, we hear everything that goes on. And I think at the weekend, if we look at, um, what can we look at? New, Newcastle, Fulham. Now, you know, there was so much going on there. It would have been benefit for everybody to hear what was going on, what was actually said. Because for me, it wasn't a red card for a denial of an of a obvious goal-scoring opportunity. It was a second. It should have been a second yellow card because he he denied a promising attack. So, but Graham Scott wasn't going to issue a second yellow card. We could see that in his body language. He did the penalty, and that was it. So obviously, VAR felt that was a denial of a goal scoring opportunity. For me, it wasn't. So it wasn't a clear and obvious error. So you know, it would have been it would have been good for it to educate everybody what 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 goes on between the referee and Stockley Park. Right from the word go, when all this started, right way back, I, I said that David Ellery had designed everything to protect the referees. He was coming to, at it from a referee's point of view, and everything was designed to make sure the referees weren't undermined. And I, I don't see any change in that. There's still, and I don't think it helps the referees that they, they approach it from that point of view. Well, we're week in, week out. We're having so many problems, aren't we, with, with, with VAR? You know, we've, we've got to come out of the old ages and come into in, into the new. And, you know, everything moves on. And football doesn't seem to have moved on with regard to officials and, and the way they conduct themselves. And, you know, even even if we saw Mike Riley come out after on, on the Monday, like we see in other countries where they come out and they speak about the injuries, we, we don't see that. Instead, he puts up Dermot Gallagher, who I have the greatest respect for, but he always comes up on the side of the referee most times. So we, we need that independence. We need, you know, we need people to come out and tell us, you know, what exactly went on at Newcastle, Fulham, what was the conversation, we, or, or let us hear what the conversation, play back the tape, because it, it must all be recorded. So, you know, week in, week out, we're talking about VAR. I mean, I personally, I thought it would be, be very good for the game, and I still think it is but it's not being implemented correctly. Mm. That's the problem we've got. It's not being implemented correctly. It's, ha- not, it's, not, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. Was there a serious incident missed, or was it a clear and obvious error by the match official? That's it. Yeah. Then, what about in the use of it we saw this weekend with Jake Livermore's uh, sending off for uh, West Brom against Villa and uh, John Lundstrom as well for uh, Sheffield United against Brighton? How did you make? What do you make of VA, VAR's role in that, Mark? Both of those decisions. For me, there were two. There were two instances there where it was used correctly. Okay. Um, sometimes you, you know, in real time, you don't really you get you see the. The full, the full nature of, of, of the challenge. Um, I thought Michael Oliver done extremely well to, you know, to, to call the referee over, and also the same with Darren England with Jake Livermore. But I was a, a very, very because you know what we've got to realise. People I keep on social media keep saying, "Oh, there was no intent. There wasn't intentional." But intent isn't in the laws of the game anymore. It's did that challenge endanger the player's safety? That's that's what the referees have to look at. And I thought to. Darren England got the, you know, was very good on the Jake Limwell challenge, but very inconsistent with the uh, House challenge for, mm. for Aston Villa. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're both red cards or they're yellow cards. And for me, both were red cards. They were challenges that endangered the player's safety. And I couldn't, I couldn't work out, for life me, why he never recommended Martin Axon to go over and check the House challenge. Because yeah. for me, I think if Martin Axon had gone over 
for that challenge, I'm sure we would have seen another red card. Well, we'd know if, if we could hear what was going on. We would yeah. know why one was deemed worthy of reviewing and why the other one wasn't. Exactly. So that's why I think it's so important that, you know, everybody in football matters. Everybody, the players, the coaches, the managers, and and none so than the fans. You know, the, the, it's the fans that, that, that make the game. Because if you look at all the games at the moment, without fans, some of these games just like pre-season friendlies, aren't they? Yeah. So, you know, the fans play their part and they're just as entitled to know what's going on as anybody else's. So I, for, for me... If we could hear what was say, they were saying, and everybody would then, I think, would be, be happy. They may not agree with some of the, the situations, but at least we're being, they're being educated to what actually does go on between referee and VR and what they're looking at and what they're thinking and what they're feeling. So, for me, I, I, I mean, we're here in the A-League in Australia. We hear them. They, yeah. they, they talk. Everybody hears what goes on. There's no problem there, is there? So, why would it be a problem in, our, in the English game? That's very true, it no, Mark. You, you certainly got our backing. Um, good to talk to you. Have a good Christmas. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, guys. Merry Christmas to all the new listeners. Take care. There we are. Thank former you. Premier League referee Mark Housie with his take on that. Barry Fudge, looking for some TV formats. It's a very quick one. <laughs> Fudge Rinder, says Mark Carter. Barry takes over from the judge for a one-off courtroom special. But he'd have a different take on it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Interesting there, Toby, um, uh, quoting Gary O'Neill, who was on with uh, Jim and Simon earlier on, the Liverpool youth coach, saying they rarely practice headers in the same way they certainly used to uh, these days at the club. And I think a lot of it is due to the dementia diagnoses that we've seen in a number of, of our uh, players that played the game in a certain era and indeed the sad death of a number of them. That includes one of the boys of 66, the great Nobby Styles, who died earlier this year and his family made the very tough call to uh, donate his brain to Dr Willie Stewart, the man in charge of the field study that looks at the link between dementia uh, and football and indeed other sports as well. Uh, Dr Stewart, uh, after looking at uh, Nobby's brain uh, has concluded 
that there was a link and it was caused by that excessive uh, heading of football. Joining us now, former pro himself, of course, uh, Nobby's son, John. Good afternoon, John. Afternoon, lads. How did it? How did it make you feel when when the the, the, the news came from Doctor Stewart? Well, um, we thought for a long time it, it had to be that, but there's so many sort of naysayers. You know, it's this or something. You know, it's not proven. But when it came through, it just confirmed everything we thought. We've seen so many of Dad's uh, colleagues get dementia early onset dementia, and um, if you like, vindicated but also angry that um, that it's been going on all this time. Jeff Astle's diagnosis was 19 years ago and nothing's changed really. And uh, your mother, I gather, was, you know, pleased that when you suggested donating the brain that uh, if it stops one other person suffering the torment of dementia, it was worth doing. And presumably she feels that even stronger now. Absolutely. Um, The decision was literally taken minutes after Dad passed away. So it was a, a very emotional time. But yeah, yeah. It's it, it must be it must be a, a very difficult call. But I mean, you could only put yourself in that situation where your dad probably would have wanted that, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? Was I think he, was, he came across as a guy that, that cared about other players and other pros, and he and he he probably would have wanted that to be the case. That was the logic. We thought, what would dad want? And that's what dad would would have wanted. I mean, dad also saw his friends disappear around him um, even before he started getting poorly. You know, there was. It's just rife, uh, Andy. It's, uh, Paul, it's rife. It's everywhere in, in so many clubs. Well, it must be, as you said, that frustration that it's been 18 years since uh, Jeff Astle, the coroner, diagnosed it as an industrial disease and due to the repeated heading of the boy. We are 18 years later. And I don't, there is, there's, we're seeing more of, a, of a, an acceptance that there is a direct link and more responsibility being taken by the governing bodies. But... We're not quite there yet, are we? I, I don't see uh, I don't see any responsibility being taken. Uh, to be honest, Paul, I haven't seen them say they're going to they're going to start looking after players who who were struggling with dementia. I haven't seen any of that, and the lacklustre approach to the recent thing with uh, David Luiz and the, the concussion substitutes. I don't really see it, to be honest. No, it is a problem. Have you spoken to the PFA, or will you speak to them since you've received these uh, this information from the doctor? Uh, well, uh, the PFA will. Uh, I, I don't know what I have. I don't need whether I need to speak to the PFA. They've got the information. They had the information eighteen years ago from Jeff Astle. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just another one, uh, but it happens to be that my dad was a high-profile player, so it's drawing more attention to it. But. If you think about it logically, lads, and since then there's been two generations of footballers who've been allowed to play football with no protection and no information, and that's a scandal. What's your feeling, John? Why did they not sort of kick into action after after the, the coroner's uh, report on on Jeff? Why do you think that they didn't get get behind their members at that stage? Uh, I don't want to sound too controversial, uh, lads, but football's a big brand. And if you accept that heading the ball and has caused it, then there's compensation issues, perhaps. I really don't know. Um, but they've obviously not wanted to deal with it. Um, but they should deal with it. Because every day I'm speaking to four and five families who are going through the hell of trying to look after uh, a dementia patient um, in such bad circumstances. And really, they've been left up to their own devices. 
On, on a more positive note, John, uh, on the weekend, uh, they released a new documentary about Dennis Law. And of course, your mm. dad gets quite a lot of mentions in it. And it really is a wonderful documentary and a reminder of what a fabulous team that was that your dad played in. Absolutely. Dennis Law, one of the greatest players ever. Um, I haven't seen the documentary yet. Oh, well worth it. I'm, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to it. But just to bring it back again, I'm sorry to be miserable. In that team, Tony Dunn, Bill Folks, my dad and Bobby Charlton, all yeah. the Manchester sufferers. But Dennis Law, my dad loved Dennis Law. He was a, unless he was playing against him when he was for Scotland, and then he. <laughs> yeah, that comes out in the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, Dennis says Dennis says your dad didn't speak to him for a week after yeah. the Scotland won in '67. Well, they both used to talk about it in their after dinners, but they were the best of pals off the pitch, obviously. Mm. Yeah, that comes through too. We're we're in this situation now where <clears throat> certainly in rugby, as we've seen, John, that, that there are plans afoot to to take legal action, and do, do you see a similar thing taking shape? Uh, in the world of football? Well, I read something, I think it was last week, that the same firm um, who were doing the rugby uh, lawsuit, uh, class action or whatever, have have got 40 football families and they're going to do that in the new year. I think I read that somewhere. So it it wouldn't come as a surprise, but that's not something that's been on my mind. I've obviously had enough on lately. Yeah, of course. And I take it it's it's not just about sort of payouts after sadly they've passed away. It's about the practical help of dealing with dementia on a day-to-day basis, which is, you know, the care involved, the respite care for all those people trying to care for people, because that's incredibly difficult as well, as you've realised. So it's, it's, it's it, maybe the, this might feel like wasted years for a lot of these people that have sadly, like your dad, no longer with us, but maybe didn't get the ongoing support they could have done when they were alive. Andy, uh, Paul, you've summed it up exactly. And for my dad, it's too late now. Um, but the families are struggling now, and they need they need help. They really do. Some of the stories are horrific. Um, these are, and and the, thing, the other thing is, just if I could just say, lads, it's not when they get into their eighties or late seventies that they start to suffer. It's much earlier than that. Um, they pass away in the seventies, but more often than not, they start in the late fifties or early sixties. So it's a very difficult time, and I thank you for letting me speak about it. No, absolutely. It, it, no, it's no, a story pleasure. we've we've uh, you know we've we've talked about an awful lot on the show over the years. Well, ever because we both work with Jeff on fantasy football, so it, it kind of felt a bit more personal, really. But um, um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see where we go where we go from here, John, and uh, and whether we go, I mean, we're going to see more of these. I think a great many of the the brains that uh, Dr Stewart has looked at have shown the same evidence as your dad so this this is not an outlier is it this diagnosis it, this is what he generally finds in a very high proportion of the cases it's common sense really uh, lads i mean if you had if you had a ball 70,000 times in your career there's going to be something goes wrong with your brain more often than not um, but but willie's been very disappointed that a lot of the brains uh, that have that haven't been referred to him. He wants the brains referred to him so he can get more and more evidence. He's doing a great job. And if I can just say, Dawn Astle is a magnificent woman. Mm. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. She's been, she's yeah, been fighting this for a, for a very long time now. Just, <clears throat> excuse me, it was very interesting in the Jack Charlton movie. Oh, I think post the Jack Charlton movie. And that was very moving as well. I'm sure you've, you've seen that, John. He, um, his wife said that she thinks he still would have wanted his football career. And we spoke to Jeff Hurst a few weeks ago and he said, you know, even on with a bit more knowledge, it, it may not have changed. I, I would imagine your dad loved his football. What do you think his attitude would have been? 
I think when he was 17 or 18, he wouldn't have bothered an inch about it, which is what's so dangerous for these young players. Um, and my dad always considered himself fortunate that he played for the club he loved and the country that he loved. Perhaps if you asked him, if you looked on it overall when you got older, would you? I don't know whether it'd be the same answer, but but I've said it before. My dad thought he was the luckiest man in the world to play for the, mm, yeah. the club and the country he loved. Yeah, you you had a ten year career finally, Johnny. Do you worry? Do you worry about it? Having having seen what happened to your dad? Well, um, yeah, I do a bit, um, but. Um, I was the first Leeds United substitute ever to be substituted, so I wasn't, <laughs> I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't that good. But, yeah, it is something I worry about. I've got a grandson now. He's starting to kick a ball about. I won't let him head the ball. Mm. Um, yeah. it, it's just it's a very, very concerning situation that not enough, nowhere near enough has been done about. Yeah. We often say, finally, your dad was one of our favourite guests when his book came out. He came in and saw us. And we, we came in, I think, about half past three, had a half an hour with us. We leave at four, and he was going to get a car back to the station. And uh, I came out about 15, about quarter past four. His cab was still waiting. A couple of people have recognised him on the steps of the old TalkSport building and indulged in, in a bit of 66 chat. So he was off. He was back there. He was taking them back to the game. And, and I think that that came across. He was always very giving with his time. He was always very happy about it and very happy to share that, uh, that memory. Do you know, my dad could never understand why people remembered him. Really? Yeah, really? He, just couldn't, he just couldn't, honestly, he just couldn't understand it. And the question everybody used to say to him was, Nobby, do you know where I was when you did your dance with the World Cup? <laughs> as, as, if, as if he'd know, but he listened to everybody. So everybody wanted it's to tell him where they were when he did his dance with the World Cup. And he loved it. Well, John, I um, hope you and the family have a good Christmas. It's going to be difficult for you, I understand, but uh, all the best. Good to talk to you. Thanks again, lads. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, earlier on, we were telling you about UK Athletics former head of endurance, uh, our old mate Barry Fudge. Oh, yeah. And we thought, well, he maybe finished a bit of telly work now. He's not head of endurance. Um, and you've come up with a few formats for him. Uh, quite a nice one. Um, Hot Fudge Sunday. Uh, Barry <laughs> sits in a sauna. On a Sunday, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, and talks with uh, various <laughs> celebrities program, about their life and careers. That's Gab Hot Fudge Sunday. That, like, you could just—I don't know. Do you think it sounds pretty good? This you'd watch it, wouldn't you? Yeah, he's very good, Gab. He, he gives you a full synopsis. He doesn't just give you the title. Gab Cancello works hard. That was him. Yeah. What about mm. this one from uh, Ian? Um, this is uh, Barry goes onto the streets to interview sellers of a popular charity publication in fudging the issue. <laughs> that could have just been just a general sort of political type hard hitting show by Barry and uh, Darren Taylor says fudge and smudge Barry and uh, former Arsenal and Leicester and England frontman Alan Smith talk about the lack <laughs> really? of endurance in the current Gunners squad so uh, there we are you can keep him coming if you like good old Barry Fudge you may fancy some telework talksport.com text 81089 tweet TSH&J I thought when Andy Brassel was talking about Jonathan Tarr earlier, I thought he was definitely one prime for uh, TV formats. I think we've done it. I think Jonathan, in, Jonathan Tarr was almost... You, I'm, uh, I'm going with Tarr Edge. I thought you <laughs> might be. He sits down with John Conte to review the career of the great Reg Gutteridge. Yeah, that's it. That one for people <laughs> of a certain age. Um, how lucky is uh, Kazuya Sato, 40, the fisherman from uh, Japan? who uh, went out fishing and came back with a, a nine-armed octopus, o- octopus, octopus, nine arms, and extra arms. Nine 
Are they legs or arms? Well, their legs or their arms? Their arms? Are their, are their arms? Aren't they? <laughs> tentacles, an extra tentacle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going with arms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nine nine arms. Yeah. No, no, just... We need to speak to uh, Ken the octopus to see what he used. To <laughs> yeah. Pick. Ken, was it your arm or was it your tentacle or was it your leg? I'm I'm I'm, I'm safely going. Point on. at one of these three things. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so that could work. Anything else? Hmm. To be really honest, no. But that's not the. <laughs> well, I might as well be honest. It's been yeah. a bit of a difficult weekend, but that's all right. I, I tell you what, I am encouraged by, and I think mm. it's a very interesting appointment. Was Toby's news there about Jack Callis yeah. uh, being appointed England batting coach? Because for me, I think Jack Callis is one of the most underrated cricketers of all time. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant all-rounder, you know. He just happened to be part of that period where there were lots of good all-rounders, but a brilliant player. Yeah, no, so he I will. Think that'll, be, that'll be good. He will be good for us. And when you pick up your angling publications, Andy, you are quite used to seeing, not, you're not used to seeing a nine-armed, legged, tentacled octopus, but no, really. um, you are used to seeing a fisherman holding a big old fish. That's been the staple of a cover mm. of many an angling yeah. publication. So, well, Jack Bythway, he went fishing, but he was hoping to catch a tiddler, a record-breaking tiddler. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, he forgot his scales, um, so he couldn't weigh it. It's a, a six-inch rough, it's called, apparently. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was not fishing, Alan. He, no, not Alan. He was, fishing in, he was fishing on a canal with a mate. But ultimately, this thing is, I think, the record five-ounce... Um, I mean, five ounces. So you'd have that cover shot, wouldn't you? And you know you've broken a record. But essentially, it, you can barely see the thing. <laughs> hold it by the tail, couldn't you? And it can't be, I it can't be the same. Ma- I, did, I did hear Max Russian talk about this on breakfast, and I thought he's definitely been working with you too long. He's obviously got right into Fisherman's Blues. Yeah, he has. He's, so, be- he's become a convert. Well, haven't we all? Indeed. Oh, you didn't catch what? any of the boxing at the weekend, Andy? You, did, did you, you didn't see... No, I didn't. I, I did manage The shape to... of his arm afterwards, though. Yeah, he's, he's, had, he's, good. he's flown back Callum Smith, Eric, and he could have detached the bicep, which is a nasty injury. But, but just um, from somebody punching you in the arm, because you forget that about boxing. Yeah. It's not just the punches in the face. No. It's also when you put your guard up and you... Yeah, he took... He, he did sound like he a did, difficult night for It him. was, yeah. Um, it was It was very difficult. Old Canelo was right, right at it. And, uh, yeah, hmm. after it took him a few rounds to get going, but when he did, it was pretty brutal stuff. So it wasn't the easiest of watches, really. But uh, anyway, that's why he's so good. That's why the guy keeps winning. But uh, it was brave of he does. Callum Smith to take the fight at short notice the way he did. And he's talking about moving up a weight now. But it was, uh, yeah, it was very tough going, as many people expected. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Don't ask me. So normally at this point with Don't Ask Me, it's just me asking questions of Andy because he's been here for five days. But of course, last week he was just here Monday and Friday and um, it was Max Rushton who uh, stepped in for him Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. So it's a kind of joint game. We've made it a competition. Good afternoon, Max. Uh, yeah, contractually I have to be on TalkSport once every eight hours. So, uh, <laughs> you I'm sound like here. a man who's just woken up. <laughs> <laughs> Your body clocks all over the shop, so thanks for doing this. Anyway, we'll crack okay, on. The way it's going to work is this. as uh, The days that you worked, you'll get the second uh, uh, tilt at the question. So the person who wasn't working gets the first tilt. So let's see how you Good go on. Um, Adi Adepatan joined myself and Andy Max on um, Friday, um, the broadcaster, uh, Paralympian, etc. And he'd done a, a a link up, a Christmas link up with which well known high street supermarket? Would you know, um, Max? Um, I don't know the answer to the question, but I'm going to say Tesco. It isn't Tesco. Andy Jacobs, oh. what was it? You were working that day. I know. Um, I'm going to go with Sainsbury's. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was co-op. It's great. Oh, it's great. Oh, and you were actually was, working. This doesn't uh, bode well for the rest nil. of us. Still nil-nil. Although yeah, I've got quite a tough Sorry. one. Tough one for Max here. We spoke about the team that rate one up, Max. Um, Donhead Barbarians and Drew eight all. Can you remember uh, the name of the opposition, Max? What were they called? Does Andy get the question first? Oh, Andy does. Yeah, Andy does yeah. get oh, the question. Yeah. Who were the opposition? Like the scoring in, system. I, I've, I've on always the, given the up on him spread. getting it right. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, Who were the other no team? Idea. In, it was. No can idea. you remember, Max? Sturminster. Sturminster's absolutely right. So, oh, yeah, uh, yeah that one, Max has got that one right. Um, okay. Back to Max. We spoke to uh, Richie, who's a DJ on a Spanish island. He was telling us about a team Ooh. from that island playing in the Copa del Rey against uh, Atletico Madrid. They lost, sadly, 3-0, but did pretty well. What island was that, Andy? Because I've got to give you the first... Mallorca. Oh, it's 1-1. This is an interesting competition. Uh, OK, <laughs> then, uh, Max. Um, we spoke to the uh, Alex uh, Peterham, the chair, co-chairman of Gloucester City. He was very entertaining. They've not played their Meadow Park ground because of flooding for how many years, Andy? How many years have they not played on their pitch for? Seven. Um, it was, what was it, Max? Hang on. I think it was 13. It was 13. 2 1 to Max then. And he's got a fighting chance. Um, we spoke to Mark Wilson. We talked rugby league with him. Which team were, were given promotion to Super League, Andy? Oh, no, it should be Max first, shouldn't it? Max, you're going first oh. on this one. Which uh, team was it? I know it's Hawkingston your... Rovers. No, unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Which team? Was it Lee? It was, was it Lee, Lee, Andy. <laughs> oh. Which means you've won, don't ask me. Oh, it's hey, what? Two, two. <laughs> hey, oh, well done. Oh, was it 2-2, was it two, two, Max? This versus the scoring system of the birthday spread, just, isn't it? Just give him this. <laughs> I'll take the win, just don't give worry. You can have the win, Andy. You can have it. You get yourself back to bed and we'll hear from you tomorrow at, at <laughs> six. Cheers, Max. Thank you. Uh, Andy's back on Thursday. I'm back tomorrow with Charlie Baker from uh, one o'clock. Uh, have a fine evening. Enjoy the football. And up next, it's Darren Goff and Adrian Durham. That drive. really wasn't fair because Max wasn't awake. No, it really <laughs> it was wasn't. not fair. That's true. Uh, I call for a rematch. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show, and uh, we return tomorrow. I actually, return with Charlie Baker. Tomorrow, building up to the Carabao Cup football and lots more besides. Andy's back on Thursday for the Christmas Eve special with the listeners. Uh, Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.